Welcome back, everyone, to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we are a show that takes a behind-the-scenes look into the gritty, non-glamorous life of aviation maintenance. We share some laughs, impart some wisdom, all in hopes of giving you that split-seconds relief in your day that can hopefully prevent a mishap. I am your co-host, Six. I'm MBP. And our third host, Shoreline, is here again in the back, silently monitoring our audio, making sure our faces stay fit for radio. So... Uh, for today, this has been a topic of discussion amongst some of our listeners, including ourselves, and it stems partly from pilots, uh, namely pilots who are willing and able to plant their feet and stick up for each other. And this, this can range stuff from fair pay, mental health uh, reform, fair worker hours, and so forth. And so the question or the topic that was discussed among some of our listeners to us is when it comes to aircraft mechanics, there's no real unity as how pilots would. And in some cases, they're like willing to hate on each other more or even sometimes throw each other under the bus. That's a very extreme end. But, you know, for the most part, we ended up hating each other. So we're going to formulate our opinions or at least discuss some of our opinions as to why that is and why aircraft mechanics don't tend to stick to each other or are more likely to hate each other than to work amongst each other. <laughs> um, and MVP and I were having this discussion because it really kind of got our brains uh, pumping. And as of right now, top value, no studies whatsoever. This is all just based on stuff we've seen and what some other people have said to us. Uh, I would say... One of the reasons why we tend to fight amongst each other, hate each other, or not stand with each other is it kind of comes back to that blue collar origin of aircraft mechanics. If that makes any sort of sense to everybody out there, like, um, for instance, uh, we're, we're from that blue collar origin where it's, I don't care, just get it done, right? Or uh, MVP, you said it best earlier before we started recording. How did that go again? Like, um, um, man, it was. Well, it you're talking about the specialized aspect of it. Oh no, it was something like, um, like, uh, oh, like we just roll over and take it. Like we we take it sitting down. Oh yeah, yeah, we take it sitting down. We just, hey, you guys are going to work more hours for the same pay. Okay, you know. That's that's just kind of how we are. I think it's uh, I think it's kind of ingrained into us that that's just sort of what's expected, right? Is mm. to do more uh, for equal equal or less pay than you were, and to be happy about it, to be grateful to have a job. Yeah, <laughs> what's it? Uh, be grateful you have that, right? Like if, right. if we can give you less than nothing, we would. But since we can't, you get nothing. just like. Nothing. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite quotes, man. <laughs> yeah. Old Clegg. Old Clegg. But um, it, it's, it's pretty true, right? Um, be, because of that blue-collar grind, grindstone mentality, we typically just accept hardship, right? And, and uh, earlier, uh, earlier this year, we put out a comic where it's a bunch of aircraft mechanics just standing in the rain getting poured on. Uh, exposed to the elements, just sitting there waiting for planes to take off. And then uh, one of the air crew members waves at the characters saying, hey, I want a pot of coffee. Oh, I'll give him some coffee, all right? (laughs) Right? And that's kind of like the world we're in. Like, 
others have the luxury to have luxuries and then there's mechanics or or blue like uh service technicians who just kind of have to accept how things are and just make do of what's going on <laughs> um yeah I, I think it's just one of those again where um you know we talked about this a little bit before but uh pilots are are specialized and they're told they're special and they tell themselves they're special mm-hmm. this isn't a dig at pilots it's just kind of been a general observation over the last couple of decades right uh, but but you know and so with that kind of any discomforts they kind of put their their foot down and say i'm uncomfortable no 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 what is this what is this 300 thread count my god are we in a recession you know kind of thing whereas uh whereas uh mechanics are sort of like wow burlap sack they do care you know (laughs) right or uh, what's the what's the thing the pizza party right like one little caesar's pizza for everybody (laughs) a shop of like 50 people and you get one little caesar's one large little caesar's pizza and one two liter bottle of mr pib you know (laughs) it's not even a name brand uh And that's just kind of how it is. And and, uh, back to them telling themselves and believing they're special, don't get me wrong, they are to some degree. Uh, Maintainers are sort of told the opposite. Uh, You're nothing and nobody, and you're a robot, and robots don't complain, they go to work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's just kind of what we do. Right. And and I think this also kind of stems from a previous episode we mentioned where we kind of hotly debated about why aircraft mechanics are considered unskilled labor. And we kind of debunked ourselves on that one. But at the same time, you know, that that mindset still exists, right? That we are still considered or at least we're regarded as unskilled labor. And fair point enough, right? Like there's there's some argument to this or some good arguments to this that you being an air, a licensed aircraft mechanic doesn't mean that you know what the hell you're doing. It just means you're, you have the basic ability and understanding of mechanics or mechanical aptitude to turn wrenches on planes. And as MVP and I have mentioned in all of our episodes that you having an AMP or aircraft technician certificate, doesn't, it just means you have a license to learn. You're forever going to learn. You're forever going to evolve you forever got to have to jive with the times. And I think uh, it's that uh, mentality that kind of has other people seeing us in a totally different light as compared to other high-end, high-visibility jobs, like, say, a pilot or air crew or even air traffic control. Because I'm not saying that they're pitched that way, that we only are supposed to care about these three types or these high-visibility jobs, but... If you're in the eye in the public so much, it's kind of like no choice to learn about them. You know what I mean? Like we're considered yeah, like well, the- they do, they do customer interface more, right? They're they're right there as people are coming on and off the aircraft. Yes, so and, people and then, want that feel good that they are seasoned professionals, and that no matter what uh, issue occurs in flight, uh, they'll be taken care of. And and so defending pilots there a little bit. Uh, that's why they have so many hours and annual recurrency training, and so many you know touch and goes they have to do every so often just to maintain that that pilot rating. 
Yep. Um, we had talked about this a little bit. I can't remember what the hours were. Is it 200 hours for your private pilot's uh, license? I, I, I Somebody's going to correct us out there, but it's something. Or 50 hours. Yeah, I, I want to say it's probably like somewhere between 40 and 50. I think it depends on what country you're into, but Maybe more or less. Maybe multi-engines like 200 then or something. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But even so, you know, like 40, 50 hours doesn't sound like a lot, but it's way more than what an aircraft mechanic will have to do. And then if you're talking in something on the lines like commercial airlines or you're carrying or you're flying a heavy aircraft with cargo and or people, you're looking upwards of 5,000 plus hours. And that's just to get into the gate to be a pilot for a, a certain organization. So you've been flying around kicking the can for some time now. And I, and I think that brings up a great point, too, with the entry criteria to be a pilot, an aircraft mechanic, and so forth. Uh, we said it er already, like, for an aircraft, me I mean, sorry, for a pilot to get his foot, his or her foot through the door, they need to muster up at least 40 hours. And that's just for a private pilot, like, you driving your car, you have to do 40 hours. And then... Yeah, yeah, I mean... um. You think about it, it, it's, it, you know, you say, well, 50 hours isn't that much. Well, imagine going to your job Monday through Friday and all you did that day was sit behind the yoke in the cockpit and fly for eight to 10 hours a day. You know, yeah. uh, that's, that's a long time. Uh, and very, very expensive to do so, right? The cost of the, uh, renting the, uh, aircraft, the fuel to do it, the paying for the, uh, pilot trainer, whatever other written test you got to do. Um, there's a whole, whole slew of things, but, but it still, you know, pilots, when it does come down to the nitty gritty and there's, uh, injustices for lack of a better word, right there, mm -hmm. there's uh, hardships they're being faced to, uh, undertake again, do more for less. Uh, they do all band together and say, nah, we're not doing that. And it might not, it might just start in one airline, right? It could be one group of pilots in one airline. But next thing you know, you see other airline air crew jump on board with it too. Like, yeah, we're experiencing the same stuff over here. And they all mm -hmm. link arms and, and form a picket line. Uh, yep. Maintainers are like, you know, you'll get a couple like, hey, this is not right. and We're, we're not going to take it anymore until you do this. And and we don't band together. They just look across the, the hangar at the next guy and say, oh, six, MVP won't do this. Go take care of it. And you're like, and we go, man, six goes, man, MVP is a piece of shit as he goes and does what I was supposed to do. Meanwhile, in the pilot realm, they would all have been like, yeah, that's, that's right. You're not going to treat him that way. And you're not going to treat any of us that way. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know at what point it got ingrained in us to be that way. But that's that's kind of how it is, right? We we don't um, we don't form the lines, so to speak, right? And then that's exactly it, you know. Like um, uh, that's another reason why we tend to kind of have animosity towards each other because there's always going to be that one individual that just either doesn't care enough or has has said has zero fucks to give anymore. And they'll just say, whatever, I'll do whatever, Shady. Just, what, what do you, where do you want me to sign? I, I don't give a shit no more, you know? Or you got that one individual who's so green that he, doesn't know, he or she doesn't know uh, right from wrong. 
and then they they throw that morality in their face you know uh i, I don't i can't word it exactly right but it's kind of like if you don't do this you're gonna cost this much right and they really put that pressure and that more that morality in, in your face and when that person's just that green that they can't decipher or interpret that the way they should they'll just say okay whatever i'll do it sign here right and then um they get that person gets kind of celebrated as the hero and they like that and so they say well if i just do what they tell me to then i get all these perks and promises and then yeah it's a it's a reward system a really kind of devious one really because they're playing to your emotions hey you want to be the best right all you got to do is this so-and-so wouldn't do it but if you do it oh really why wouldn't and we don't go whoa why wouldn't so-and-so do it we go okay <laughs> and then we turn into the and then we turn into the uh the the whipping boy for lack of a better term for everything moving forward like oh we got you to do it once now all we know is all we got to do is play to your ego and you're you're gonna do whatever we want for you. you're you're our puppet on a string uh you know and, and the pilots they they know we talked about their certifications and hours and everything else they know that who else is going to do it how many other yeah. people out there got five thousand plus hours to come fly this who else are you going to get to do this is a this is a large revenue flight flying from uh sfo to shanghai mm-hmm. uh you pay us more no Okay, I don't care if your plane sits on the ramp. No loss to me, but that's a big loss to the to the company. So they do what they can to make that happen. Whereas yeah. maintainers are like, I'm not changing that gear out. Uh, well, you will. <laughs> no, I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't care if it sits here in the hangar. Like, cool. And they go find somebody else, like we just said, but oftentimes at a lesser pay, right? They'll go find a brand new person. You can read a manual, right? Good. Good, you can do it then. All you got to do is follow the manual and you'll be fine. You know, the yeah. job will get done nine times slower. Yeah, but it'll get done. And what we're going to pay that person to do to do the job, even though it's going to take longer, is still less than what you were asking for you. And so I've seen this several times. Uh, especially, it happens, it's really big for maintainers and production lines mm-hmm. is where I tend to see it the most. Um, and it's one of those where you get pretty decent guys and gals. When I say guys, everybody, I I mean all of us, but guys and gals Mm -hmm. uh, on the line and they get good at what they're doing. And then they go, Hey, I'd like a little bit more. I'd like a little bit of a reward here for my efforts I'm putting in, you know, dangle the carrot in front of me or or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, typically because production lines are fixed, fixed price contracts and they go, we can't, the budget's not there for you. All right, well, then I'm not going to do it. Sounds good. Let's go get brand new person over here with zero experience. And many times in the production lines, you don't even have to have an A&P license. Mm-hmm. You, you're essentially a meat-covered robot. <laughs> and, and they bring you in, they bring in somebody else at minimum wage or very low pay compared to what you were doing it and have them do the same thing, right? Punching, drilling the same holes over and over on the same panel week in and week out. Um, and, and so then you start seeing uh, an exodus of people, right? We don't band together again. And we, and well, what do we do? We vote with our feet and yep. the experience walks. And then all you're left with is new people who make uh, a lot less 
but they don't have any skills either, right? They don't have they don't have the the main certification. They don't have the years of experience. They don't have what other other you know. Let's say you got um, you went to an airframe school, and say somebody went to an avionics school, and say somebody went to a soldering school, right? And they mm-hmm. make wire harnesses and all these kind of things. Um, instead, they just bring in somebody else less of a lesser uh, uh, aptitude to do the job, and then they press on with it. And and what happens there? The quality goes down, but so does their so does their hourly uh, pay. How much their their outpay in um, compensation is every week, right? Yep. What their billable hours are. Their billable hours to the customer drop, which makes the customer happy. On the other side of it, there's massive delays for errors that are being done by the maintainers. And so that delays delivery of the asset to the customer. So the customer gets pissed on that end. But what are you going to do? You already wrote an $80 million check for this asset that's uh, three months behind on being delivered. Yep. I don't, it's not like you're going to cancel your order then. So, you, so you're, that's just what happens, right? And, and, and another example of what not banding together uh, does. And I'm sure a lot of us out there have experienced you know, in our own uh, shops, there are a few companies that are unionized, right? And mm-hmm. the pilots are unionized, which helps them a lot uh, to get that backing. But maintainers really don't have it. And many of the shops we work in, you you even mentioned the word union. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, let's, let's find them for time card fraud or sexual harassment or something. Get them the hell out of here. Exactly. They're going to start some BS and we're not here. We're not down for that. Yes. And I, and I love especially how you mentioned that we vote with our feet because that's that's a very great uh, saying. <laughs> I gonna start making that into a sticker, I swear. <laughs> vote, with your, vote with your feet. And uh, I want to highlight what especially what MVP said about the entry criteria, right? Uh, dialing back just slightly about we mentioned about the entry criteria for pilots that they need to have upwards of 50 to 5000 hours. Versus like an aircraft mechanic, depending on what country you're with, because, you know, EASA and some other very strict places. But for like saying here in the U.S., your experience time could be can be anywhere between two, two months to 18 months. And that's just that's not a long time if you really want to think about it, like eight weeks versus a year and some change to be certified to be the end all be all or at least the subject matter expert on a plane right yeah sign your life away on work you did that you only really got a vague concept of three months prior yeah (laughs) you know now to to the to the fair points of everyone else out there listening who is like there's no fucking way i'd let a a green ass mechanic sign off planes fair fair that that two to 18 months is not gonna really say much but going back to what MVP has alluded to, like you, you land yourself in a place where a lot of the experience voted with their feet and walked away or they they narrow you down because of your high enthusiasm, low morality or high enthusiasm, low wisdom. And they push that into your face and say, you will sign this. You will get this plane rolling because money, because customers, because passengers, because our company depends on it. And you don't want to be the one to to hold all this up and of course you like oh i don't fucking know i don't want to get fired whatever you say boss right or yeah. 
you just don't have the experience to say no. And 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 that's kind of like well, what we That's a great point actually. And sorry to cut you off, but the the not saying no, right? So you you you're fresh out of A&P school, right? Let's say it took you 18 months. And as I mentioned before, one of my instructors said, "Here's your license to work. You still don't know shit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you can now you can now you can work and learn some more. And we're not saying, "All right, you're out of A&P school." Have fun working on on the plane and signing everything off. In some small general aviation areas, yeah, that's exactly what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. But for many other operations and larger companies, obviously, there's going to be more training to be had. Right? You're going to have to put in some time before you can get cleared to, uh, to get the confidence check to be able to sign off. You know, the first signature, and then some more time to be able to buy off the second signature, and then more time for weight and balance certifications and more time for uh you know becoming becoming a, a SME on sheet metal, mm-hmm. you know, becoming an artisan with sheet metal and all these kind of things. But yeah. still you're going to you get out and it's kind of like, all right, well here you are. Now, how how many of you have been to a place where you've showed up and you're like, you know, you come for the interview and you're like, wow, everything's really cool and this is and everybody's putting on like a a fake face right because they're showing a new person around during the interview process and everybody's <laughs> smiling you know what's what's the movie i'm trying to think of um, uh i i think i i think i know what you're following but it's not clicking <laughs> what's, oh it's that jordan uh peel uh jordan peel movie um get out oh, where it's okay. all like you know what i mean it's all like like everybody's putting on a fake face, but there's some real devious stuff happening in the background. So you come around for your interview, everything's great. And they off extend you an offer letter. You're like, fancy, fancy that. I'm uh, you start in a month. Awesome, mm-hmm. great. So you get set up, you go on your first day, and be time from the time of your interview to the time of your day one, something happened. A coup, an uprising, uh, a dictatorship, something happened and collapsed, and you're coming in right at the tail end of it where uh, you come in and there's a couple of experienced people, but they're so disgruntled and they just don't want to take the time to show you or anybody anything. Cause all they want to do is come in and put in their hours and dip. And Oh, by the way, they were also looking for a new job at the same time. So three weeks after you get there, they put in their two weeks notice and then, and then you're kind of like, what, but they know so much. And then two weeks after they leave, you come out and they uh, leadership comes out and they shake your hand and say, congratulations, you're now you're now in charge. And you're like, oh, my God, I know <laughs> nothing. And they're mm-hmm. expecting me to perform. And then guess what? When you can't perform, they're going to hammer you and go, you're the lead. You should know the most this and that. And you're like, I have been here like two months. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're describing my life right now, man. <laughs> maybe Maybe not specifically in that order, but it was something along the lines where like, Hey, you're gonna go to this shop. No big D. You're just gonna you're just gonna observe until you learn some shit. Fair enough. Got it. And then a whole bunch of personnel started getting moved around. A whole bunch of people started getting disgruntled and leaving. And like, oh hey, congrats! By the way, you are now the new shop lead slash supervisor. Like, time out. What? I was like, oh, by the way, there's an inspection in two days. Like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, yeah. So make sure make sure everybody's adhering to the processes. What processes? I didn't know we had process. I've literally showed up. I go to the morning meeting and just say, hey, you're working with so-and-so who was the lead. And mm-hmm. they, get, they, they get the task cards. And then you hit out and you, they, you literally follow them all day 
and do what they tell you to do. Yep. So that right there kind of that that builds a whole slew of animosity, right? Uh, animosity for the people who kind of dipped out on you and didn't try to at least pass on some kind of wisdom, and then for all the animosity you're harboring or they're harboring the ones who left because they decided to just pick you out of the bunch and just say, here you go. You're the new shop lead. Like, well, fuck this. Right. Um, yeah. And I mean, congratulations, you know, because they chose you, it means you probably have a little bit more, uh, go get an attitude and, uh, a knack for the, for the job, right. You've shown some, some, uh, skill sets not exuded, uh, by your teammates. Mm-hmm. So congratulations on your promotion. Yep. But it's not, uh, don't let it, uh, don't let it make you, what am I trying to say? Don't let it go to your head. Yeah. Uh, because they're like, hey, congratulations, you got a promotion. Wow, this is great. And then, like you said, by the way, there's an audit next week. And uh, if anything's wrong, it's your ass. Wh- what? Yeah. You know, like, oh, we just needed a scapegoat. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> you know what I think another one is, is the the level of perceived skill. And I think you kind of touched it on it, but I kind of want to poke that button a little bit. So like uh, with other uh, occupations, say pilots, flight attendants and ATCs, for instance, like their skill level is pretty um, robust and it's pretty out there, right? Like they have like acronyms for these. That's how awesome it is, right? Like I am an I, I am IFR certified. I am instrument certified. I am an ATP. I am a C, I'm a, uh, MEL or whatever the whatever uh, all these different acronyms are, right? And they immediately get it. Like, oh cool, 5,000 hours. Oh cool, 10,000 hours. Oh, he's a top gun. Fuck, right? And and so like those uh distinctions in experience equate to pay versus uh, aircraft mechanic there's really nothing right it's either you're an amp well here in the u.s it's either you're an amp or you're an ia and that's and that's really it the distinction kind of just stops there and uh not knocking the ias or anything like that but you know the the entry criteria to be an ia at least from the paperwork standpoint i'm not saying like experience just the paperwork there's not much to it right and uh just off the wave top it just says you have to have three years experience or at least three years holding an a amp certification and you have to have a permanent home base with all the tools and, and resources necessary to do ia duties and you have to have like so many years of no uh incident related or no mishaps under your belt uh, from the aircraft you inspected there's more to it but that's more or less what it is right and Three years time is easy to th- easy to burn up when you're an AMP or or an aircraft mechanic. Super easy, right? And so like that's the only two distinctions. And um, when you trans, and I think you really feel that that animosity or that friction when you transfer from one station to the next, uh, unless it's in the same company, which. Uh, he said, she said, uh, well, how good or bad that is, right? But say like right. you're you're working for a commercial airline A, you're like top-notch shop lead, the go-getter, the one that the subject matter expert, the one that everyone turns to for all things in this airline site. And then for whatever reason or other, you transferred be- to from one station to the next. And then when you go to the second station, you're back to square one. Like your skill set and your reliability and your and your um your not your pay, I guess, 
it doesn't translate to the other place. They just say, cool, aircraft mechanic, get to work, bitch. Uh, what about my compensation? Well, this is what you get. Like, I was making w way more over here. Like, well, your choices either can go back there or settle for what we give here. Uh, fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I see that a lot, especially with commercial airline guys, like uh, when they transfer from one airline to the next or when they transfer from airline to cargo or cargo to airline or whatever, all these other places. Uh, I see that happen a lot more with them than in the others, because for the most part, like uh, depending on what type of airline industry you're in, the pay is fairly standard, right? And, and I think uh, having that, uh, that lack of perceived skill to er, uh, compensation is, is like that huge animosity build. Right. And, uh, I saw it, especially at this one site that I got hired with, like, um, some guy I got, I got hired on as like level five fucking master. Like, Oh dude, you're the shit. Right. Not to my horn or nothing, but I'm just saying like, I got hired for that based on my experiences with, with, uh, a variety of aircraft. Let's call it that. And then there's other people within that same area and they were pissed. They were legitimately mad at me. And, uh, and I said like, yo, wait, what's with the, what's with the sour ass faces? I'm like, I've been working here on this site for 15 plus years. And I just barely made level three. And I have all the certifications, all the know-how, all the whatever have use. And here you come in brand ass new, never worked this place before, never even seen the policies and operations and they made you a level five i'm sorry bro what can i tell you <laughs> you know it's not yeah. my fault <laughs> right you know and also the levels depend on where you work too right so like where i currently work you could say okay i'm a i'm a level i'm a level three uh maintainer okay well this other company offered me a level five. Oh wow good for you and then you hear, see him six months later coming back and you're like, hey, what happened? You're like, yeah, they offered me a level five, but the pay band was the same as when I was a level three over here. You know, mm -hmm. um, so sometimes people get hung up on titles. And one thing I've learned is uh, never take a, uh, you, you know, feel free to take a cut in title, never take a cut in pay. Mm -hmm. very much so yes absolutely that right and i and i think that's where a lot that that animosity stems as well right like uh some people get hung up on the titles like mvp has mentioned or they get hung up on the pay as mvp has meant or as myself and mvp mentioned like and that kind of equates to like kind of uh, like a dick measuring contest if for a lack of better words and they start turning into like, well, he's, he or she is brand new to the place. They're getting paid more than me. Let's play stump the chump, right? Let's show them just how smart they really are, you know? And yeah. But at the end of the day, it still go, they still go. I watched this happen recently, right? I watched this with some, with some uh, people recently and it was, it was one of those that played, they played stump the chump and then the, they end up making the person who made more look like a chump. And, and everybody was kind of like, see, you are dumb. And that person went, and yet I still make more than all of you and got <laughs> up and left the room. And it was like mic drop, man. It was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Got you. Like, what does that person care? Right. All right. Make yeah. me look dumb all day long. You're the idiots who are still making less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're so smart. 
Uh, I want to go back. You touched on, you know, uh, different certifications and ratings and how in the pilot realm that equates to uh, additional pay for each one of those ratings. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can say, OK, well, I went to Pratt and Whitney Engine School and then I went to Gulfstream School and then I went to Bombardier Challenger School and I did all these things and I'm um, now considered a master on these airframes and engines. And you come back and you bring that back to your home station, your place of work. And you say, Hey guys, I went and got all these things. Now, mind you, you know, you either went and paid out of pocket or your company sent you. But by the same token, if the company sent you, that's because they see value in you. Mm -hmm. So they say, okay, and you're worth the investments. Okay. We're going to send you to school. So you go out and you do it and you come back and say, Hey everybody, I got these schools and I'm, and I'm now the SME on all these. Um, What does that do for, uh, can we talk about my pay? No, we cannot. What do you mean not? I have all these extra things. Right. And you have those because we sent you. Yeah. Well, why did you send me, not somebody else? Well, you were the, you were the, you know, we saw, see the most value in you and you're the hardest worker. Great. So, because you saw value in me and sent me and I did my best and passed these schools with flying colors. I, you know, shouldn't that reflect in my pay a little bit? Uh, and, and that's where we also differ from the pilot realm, right? That's mm-hmm. where the pilots would go. Yeah. Pound sand. Uh, we ain't flying Jack and maintainers. We go, well, that's not fair. Yeah. So either do it or we'll just get so-and-so over there to do it. Your choice. Yep. Well, I need a job, so I guess I'll do it, you know? Yep. And then that was, that was MVP in my case, uh, some years ago where we were more or less doing, we said this many a times, like we were more or less doing the work of directors of maintenance. There was like us and like two other dudes doing director of maintenance stuff, but we were getting paid less than the documentation specialists, which fair, fair point, you know, like documentation dudes deserve a lot, but for the level, we also had to teach them (laughs) for, for the level of interaction. Yeah. Yeah. For the level of interaction we had, for the expertise we were that was demanded, and for the handling of these operations that we were doing, like it, w- you're getting, you're pretty much getting like a clone director for librarian pay. You know what I mean? And that that's a, and that's kind of like uh, brings us the animosity, especially amongst other mechanics. Uh, that were with us right like uh they were they had some mechanics that were making more than their supervisor so the supervisor goes like why the fuck am i trying so damn hard why am i stressing myself of having to work weekends for free why am i having to be on call uh 40 hours a week when i can just be a everyday tech work however many hours i'm supposed to and then go the fuck home and not give a shit less when once i leave this this vicinity yeah, not care whether things are ready for flight the next day, not care whether testing was completed successfully, not care whether the forms are filled out correctly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So and then and, and where we 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 tend to use the pilot metric a lot, but really what it's tr- what we're trying we're not bashing pilots by any means. Yeah, you guys are special and we hundred percent acknowledge that what you guys have to do and have to learn and how much you guys get blamed <laughs> for a lot of stuff, it's it's a, uh, it's definitely a something you have to love in order to keep doing it, and 
sadly that's what makes us mechanics want to keep doing we understand the hardship we understand the bs we understand the animosity amongst each other but what keeps us going is because we love the job we just we love turning wrenches we love making things fly we love the fact that what we put in the air is going to come back down in the way we intend it to and um the, yeah it's satisfying to sit there on the ramp and watch a plane that kicked your ass for the last 12 hours take off right mm-hmm. you fought fought that thing tooth and nail ultimately you succeeded but it, but it gave you a beating along the way but as you're sitting there on the ramp taking that sip of a coffee at the end of your shift and and watch it go that's it's it's super rewarding like you're exhausted and you're worn out and you smell like shit and you look like shit and whatever else but but it's uh it's very satisfying it's like uh like you said it's like conquering conquering a beast so to speak oh yeah you didn't let it get you absolutely and um and i think that's more or less why we we still do it and the animosity itself or the not standing up now granted for the most part like when it's when it's a shop full of uh like-minded people oh they'll stand up they'll stand up they'll voice their opinions they'll talk shit to each other they'll talk shit to anyone who's around them (laughs) um but uh there's always a a bunch of places and there's always like that that few bunch right that just kind of spoil it and just insert enough uh false narratives to other people's brains that kind of paint this negative picture of what an aircraft mechanic is and it doesn't help that we've already burned through our fuse of patience and we tend to embody all that negativity that they meant that previous people have mentioned. So it kind of gives them like that. Oh, it's just that crusty old mechanic. We're just going to bitch about how much I, I air quotes broke their plane. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like, Oh, you think I'm a monster? Fine. I'll be a monster. Right. And then, uh, and then instead of them going, wow, they weren't this way before. What happened? They go, see, see, I told you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, it doesn't help our case. Yep. I know uh, you might be saying, well, six MBP, you know, guys talking about we don't stick together or whatever, uh, where I don't see you guys on the front of any picket line. And you'd be correct. You'd be correct, at least speaking from my standpoint. Um, you say, why aren't you in the front of any picket line? And I'll tell you, it's straight fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear that because we're told you're replaceable and can be replaced at any time, that if if I did, in fact, hold my ground, they'd go, get out mm-hmm. bye bye felicia you know and then then what do i do i've got a family to take care of and unfortunately these these uh entities out there know that so they play to that okay fine stand up but it sure would be a shame if you couldn't pay for your kids sports and whatever activities you know it could be a shame if uh you had to sell a couple of your cars just to get by and make a house payment and you're like it would be a shame actually that would be yeah you know that- so so, and that's because we, I'm going to say we don't see the value in ourselves, but that's not true. We do see value. We don't see ourselves in the same light and we aren't seen in the same light as pilots are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then that kind of goes to like, pilots know we're essential. We know we're essential, but everyone else just sees us as the green magic elves that just come uh, in the whim of night. And then next thing you know, everything's working, you know? And to that, some, sometimes the fix is really that. Like, I, what did you do? I don't know. I just touched it. 
<laughs> you know, I, I put my fingers on it and it worked. Don't know why. I had I had residual static in my in my fingers. I, I, I have that uh that uh that magic touch, I guess, right? Or I flirted nice enough to it to wanna spark some life back in what's up. I don't fucking know, right? But uh MVP stated a very astute point. Like uh, we see the value in ourselves, we understand that we're essential, but we're not seen in that light by pretty much everybody else, right? We just kind of like we don't exist. <laughs> uh uh, I was it Stig said something to that effect, and I can't remember one hundred percent what he said. I think he said like, uh, "We're we're like uh, we're like ninjas in the night." You know what I mean? Where we just we're just there. We come, we 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 show up, and then everything works, and then that's it. You know? <laughs> really- yeah, it lands broke, and everybody goes to the hotel, and when they come back from the hotel room in the morning, it's sitting there ready to go. Mm-hmm. They go, "Wow, that was weird, but cool." On to the yeah. next thing. Yeah. And, and, and that straight fear too. And that, that entry criteria, as we've mentioned before, like it's, it's not that hard to teach a, a, uh, a person of significant uh, aptitude how to turn wrenches on a plane. It really, it's really not, right? If this person has some form of high mechanical aptitude or this person has some high level of reading comprehension and critical thinking, they'll be great mechanics. Right, uh, they'll they'll use and abuse that person to the point where they they feel they're fed up, or that person feels they're fed up. They walk, they vote with their feet, and they just say, "Okay, on to the next one." Right? They'll they'll burn through it. There were, in some places, were considered consumable items, and I think that's where we have that animosity as well, and why we don't stand up for each other. Um, I right, and then we also get frustrated. Why won't our leadership stand up for us? Yeah, and that's probably the same thing for them. Well, if they get rid of you, that means that I'm going to have to do it. Or that means that they'll get rid of me. Yep. And and I can't have that. So. Right. And. Back uh, to the looking out for themselves kind of talk right. that uh, Six touched on early on in the episode. Right. Uh, now, you might think you might be thinking that our solution is like, well, let's just form a union. Like. I can't or we can't fully advocate for that because we've we honestly we've never been in a union and we don't know some of the positives and negatives that go into unions. We just know based on our experiences that when we or when as MVP mentioned, we even say the word union, everybody's freaking hair go their ears perk up, they get on the defensive and they start trying to find ways to nix your expertise. Right? Now for all the places that have unions and they and they work great, fantastic. I can't say anything positive or negative because I just don't know. Um, the only uh, negative negative comment that I've heard about unions is that once you're in, it's kind of hard to get rid of you. And uh, I, yeah, for me, the negative statement that I've heard is they protect laziness. Right and as true i can't tell you if that's true or false i can't confirm nor deny because honestly i just don't know or i haven't worked enough with unionized people to say how true that is or how false that is i just don't know (laughs) so for those of you who are in unions both positive and negative please tell us shit because i want to learn like is it really worth it you know actually that would be a fun episode to do the pros and cons of a union uh, from the standpoint of actual union members. Right. Uh, the only positive 
that I can speak of for unions, and this is 100% based on pilots, not mechanics, because I just don't know. Uh, when pilots unionize and when pilots put their foot down, the unions back them up and they get results. Now, is that 100% from the union or is that just because of their their niche criti- criticality as pilots? I can't tell you, right? But, oh man, they, they when they show face, they show face. So, <laughs> so... Uh, that might be that definitely might be something good. Hey, tell us the pros and cons of a union if your country even has unions, right? Um, but what um, I, what we could say again, this is all based on our opinions and what other people's opinions have told us is a lot of this stuff. It stems from a the blue collar origins, um, the just get it done attitude, that entry criteria to become mechanics. Right, because it's so volatile and it's so easy, and it's a, it's a low bar. I'm gonna admit it's a low bar. And then uh, you have other stuff like we've mentioned, uh, the trying to climb the ladder piece, right? Or you either there's either no spots for you to climb, or they just throw you into it and just expect you to know it, even though you have zero experience on this. Like, the fuck. <laughs> um, the working conditions is another, or oh, and. Um, uh, we said it briefly about that one-up mentality where like some people feel threatened that you just know more, right? That no one else can just be smarter than than you are or have more knowledge and wisdom than you do. So when someone else walks in and they present themselves as someone who does, you kind of take that as like this alpha versus alpha threat. And I, I'm not like that. And MVP is not like that, but there have been some people who will flat out puff their chest and start fights just because somebody presented themselves a certain way. I don't know why. Like, cool, bro. You want to be a peacock? Go for it, dude. Like, you. I'm a we'll, peacock, six. You got to let me fly. Caca! <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the fuck peacocks make. <laughs> By all means, man, you want to talk to the boss? Have at thee. Have at it. I do not want to talk to them at all, <laughs> right? If they need someone to do extracurriculars, all you, man, fantastic. You, if, you're, if you want, if, you, if that's your route to the big bucks, by all means, roll it, 100% for it. <laughs> um, and then we kind of touch briefly on like the, the air quote shady heroes, where the ones who either don't know or they, they either don't know because they're green or they know and they just don't care and they start signing things off because boss told them to. We've seen plenty of those. <laughs> yep. uh, wow. Uh, that was a lot. I mean, we formulated quite a bit of opinion. It'd be, it'd be fantastic if that were actually true. Like, this is actual fact. We should, we should really do a study on this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so anybody who out there who's been in a union or currently in a union, hit us up. Let us know. Uh, we'd like to cover the, the pros and cons of, of what the union does for you. Mm-hmm. as the maintainer right and hey let us know what you guys think right like were we way off base are our opinions more so wrong that it is so right is there's other stuff that yeah you said this but it may be a little bit more or what's your experience right like why do people in shops you either currently at or were at not like each other and why were they so willing to not stick together right let us know in the comments or emails or website whichever yeah, way Actually, sorry to cut you off real quick, but we we should also maybe uh, if anybody knows any any pilots that would be cool or down to speak with us, like it would be cool to pick their brain. And be like, all right, guys, when these situations arise that you guys say no moss, 
how does that work? Like, how do you do it? Who starts it? Is there an email, uh, a group text? You know, how, how do you guys like form these things and how do you approach and who's your spokesperson? Is it you? Is it the union? Or, you know, uh, it would be nice to know how like they organize their um, uh, uh, strikes. Strike, mm. I guess. Is that the right word? I guess so. Or like, yeah, how do, how do you guys organize? How do you go organize and just say no is no? And that, and that's all you're going to get from us. You know, that's a, that, that's a really good one. Please tell us, we want to know your secrets so we can implement this ourselves. <laughs> right. Because, uh, not knocking pilots again, but we deserve some cut too, you know? And, and I think part of that is just realizing that for ourselves, that yes, you are worth it. No, the grindstone is not your measure of worth and you do deserve it, right? Or you deserve to be a co uh, compensated fairly for it. Stuff like that. Again, please let us know in our comments, our social medias, our emails, our website. The absolute best way to get a hold of us is through Discord on via our Patreon. That we have all sorts of conversations like this, or just kind of uh, brain teasing questions like, how, "How does what work, and which is the best way possible?" Please, by all means. And on that note, hey, we appreciate you all listening to us discuss our opinions of why this is what, and we hope to hear some feedback from you guys. And until then, we'll catch you all again on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. We would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes, maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformainness.com and we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance. Instagram at CANX for Maintenance Podcast or Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership, and we will catch you all next time.